want to start this morning by reading a portion of an email that was recently shared with me from someone who joined us three years ago. This is what they wrote. By the time we came to Trent, I was weary inside, feeling like a hollow, empty shell. On the outside, nobody would have thought there was anything wrong, but inside was a void. The first time we came to Trent, in the worship, I felt immediately at home for the first time in a long time. Over the next few weeks and months, Sunday morning became a lifeline that would keep me going from week to week. Whatever else was going on in my life, I clung to those times of being in God's presence. If you were here two weeks ago, you will have heard me announce that we will be moving from two services on a Sunday to three in response really to what the Lord is doing, continuing to bring more people, especially on Sunday mornings. And so from October, we will be having uh, two morning services, one at 9.15, one at 11.15, and the evening will stay as it is at 7. As I've looked around this packed auditorium over recent months and been asking the Lord to make it clear what we should do next to make room for more, I've been reminded that every person here represents their own story, like the one that I've just shared, or at least a version of that. The need for this third service has come out of a wonderful thing, more people coming to make Trent their home and more people encountering God's presence. So today and next Sunday, I'll be sharing more on why we believe this is the the direction the Lord's leading us in and what it will look like and hopefully addressing some of the questions that you may have. It might be that you're new here or you're visiting today, you were hoping to hear a proper sermon that might feel more relevant to your circumstances, but what I hope you will hear is that these changes are being made essentially for you. We want to provide space for people to come and explore faith and grow in their faith and their walk with Jesus. We're thrilled that you're here and we want to ensure that there is always a place for you, a welcome from our host team a seat for you to sit on, a drink and a donut for you to enjoy, a place for your children and your teenagers, if you have them, to belong and space for you to grow in your faith. And so I hope that you see today for what it is, an invitation to be part of a family and a commitment that we will do whatever it takes to make room for you. Throughout the discernment and planning process, we spoke to a number of other churches who have been in similar circumstances, consulted with our staff and our leaders on how introducing a third service might impact the key Sunday teams and ministry areas, and considered a number of different options for making room for more. In asking the question, Lord, you keep bringing more people, what do you want us to do next to make more room? We've looked at and considered a number of alternatives, including these. We could stay as we are. At the moment, we have just about enough space. We could fit a few more in, but, you know, to fit the adults in, to fit the children in who are coming. So we could look at it this this way. We got here in time. You know, we have our seat. Our children are in Trent Kids or in Trent Youth. Uh, We're in. Couldn't we just accept that we only have so much room and settle here? And other people can like, aren't there other churches they can find? A little over two years ago, when we were heading towards expanding this auditorium and building the kids' center, I shared something another leader had told me, which I think is worth repeating today. K. 
Kimberly Montgomery, who with her husband Charles leads a congregation in Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, told me that one morning at their church they had to turn three families away, one of whom had never been to church because there just wasn't enough physical space to fit another child. Ouch. Can you imagine inviting a friend or a colleague of yours to Trent? Someone who doesn't yet know the Lord. And after weeks of praying that they would accept your invitation, they turn up one morning with their family. They're late because they're not used to getting their children ready to go out on a Sunday morning. They didn't know the way here, and they drove past the warehouse twice, imagining it would look more like a traditional church. And when they eventually walk in and take their children to their groups, someone says, we're sorry, but we're full. We don't have room for any more. Please come back another time. An experience like that could put them off forever with eternal consequences. Charles and Kimberly responded to their issue by adding a second morning service. So we believe it would be both selfish and disobedient to stay as we are. Well, secondly, we could expand our physical space. As we've done before, we could buy another plot of land or another warehouse on Easter Park and either move the auditorium into that larger building or somehow extend this one further, perhaps knock all those walls out towards the front. That would, we could do that. It potentially costs millions of pounds. And the truth is, we already have amazing facilities. And in contrast to previous situations, when the Lord has made it clear that he wanted us to build, wanted us to extend, we don't sense the Lord is leading us to expand our physical space further. Well, we could try to plant churches faster than we have been. We've planted 12 churches out of here in the last 15 years, seven of which have been in the last seven years to other towns, other cities. Last year, we planted two churches, each of which took dozens of people with them. And still, last year, we grew in the mornings faster than almost any other year in the last seven. We will no doubt plant more churches as the Lord calls and equips and we'll send people from here. We would never hold on to people who he wants elsewhere. But equally, we won't squeeze people out to solve our space problem here. Fourthly, we could go to multi-site. That involves renting or even buying another facility in Nottingham. And whether by rotating speakers or whether we use video link preaching, uh, we could create another congregation. That is a model that some churches have used and we have considered it. Now, if we were getting regular feedback saying this, we're finding the distance traveling to Trent to be a problem or we really want a local expression of Trent closer to where we live, we would seriously look at this option. But the issue we are facing is not that. People want to be part of what is happening here. And we already have amazing facilities. We have parking space, a great auditorium, we have PA, we have lights, we have chairs, we have a youth center, we have a kids center, and it's all already set up, it's already equipped and ready. So unless the Lord was wanting us to go this route, and he hasn't indicated that yet, why rent all that stuff in another space 
involving significant cost on rent and buying equipment and have to recruit all the people for every team to set it all up and uh, to run the adult service and the youth and the children when we already have it all here. Doing another service here is good stewardship of these facilities. So if we're going to add another service here, what about doing it in the afternoon and not messing with the morning? Well, that might reach those who are involved in other activities on a Sunday morning, such as sports. It's a very real question uh, when many activities do happen on Sunday mornings. However, if we introduced an afternoon service, it would almost certainly not reduce the Sunday morning numbers significantly. Generally, people who can and do come on a Sunday morning are unlikely to want to move to an afternoon. Now, incidentally, while it may not be ideal, part of the issue of people, especially children, being involved in sports on Sundays may be solved by providing the 9.15 service, enabling people to go on to those activities immediately afterwards. So there are other options, and if we continue to grow, we may consider any of these in the future. Introducing a second morning service is something we've considered actually at every juncture in our journey over the many, many years. And in those times, we've spoken with other church leaders who've suggested that this is the obvious solution. But each time, the Lord has been clear and he has evidently led us to buy more land and to expand our facilities. But now we've been asking the Lord, what are you saying? And we've prayed a lot over many, many months And in the many conversations with churches who have done it and discussions with our staff, with our leaders, we believe this is the next step for us as a church. There are challenges, and I'll be exploring those a little in a moment, but there are also many positives. Adding another service very much fits within our theme for this year, needed and known. When Debbie and I first planted this church, it was never about buildings. We never thought we would even have a building or bigger buildings, bigger crowds. This was always about family. And it still is. Being part of a family means being known, being cared for and supported. And it's our prayer that everyone here would experience that. As we add another morning service, initially, each service will be roughly half the size that it is now. That's going to make it easier, actually, for people to connect relationally and to feel known and another service will open up many more opportunities for people to serve and thus to feel needed having said that the main reason we're doing this is that adding a service will make space for lots of more people to be able to join us we're all needed to make jesus known throughout the bible we see the imagery of growth if we're thinking why why grow For instance, in many of Jesus' parables, he talks about the dynamic of the kingdom of God. And he is using examples continually of things which grow. So whether it's yeast in dough or like in Matthew 13, 31, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Or in the parable of the sower, we see that the seed that falls on good soil, Matthew 13, verse 8, produces a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. The kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God is growing. And as we cooperate with what God is doing, as we play our part, 
the church grows as God causes it to grow. We can't make it grow, but we can cooperate. In Colossians 2 verse 19, Paul talks about Jesus Christ, the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Making room for more people is one way of cooperating with what he's wanting to do. Growth, fruitfulness, is part of God's design and part of what he wants for churches, large and small. Not for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of people. People coming to know Jesus, having their lives changed, learning to live as Jesus intended us to live. This little book, Changing Lives, which was mentioned in the announcements, and if you've not read it, I really would encourage you to take one. It's full of stories of how Jesus has impacted the lives of people in this church, like Mark's, who described his situation before coming to Trent by saying this, I was broken and I had no idea how to fix myself. His marriage was in a bad way and he was at a loss. And he goes on to say, even though I'd given up all hope of Jane and I having a future together, she took me back. I started to pull myself back together, but was by no means fixed. Jane said I should give church a try, so I went along to Trent Vineyard where she was going. The moment I set foot in Trent, I knew there was something different. Slowly but surely, as I spent more and more time at church, I started to feel the hole in my life shrinking and the self-doubt evaporating. Mark comes to Trent with his family. He serves on the Trent Kids team. Or in a previous edition, Shino, who wrote this, in the beginning of 2009, my wife asked me to come along to church. She used to ask me every week, but I declined her request many times. I finally decided to say yes, and I was only going to see what they do. As soon as I entered Trent Vineyard, I felt warmth and a nice atmosphere. I felt as if I belonged here. The worship songs were amazing and the service was wonderful. I felt so much love that I had never felt before. From then on, I was coming every Sunday, even although I wasn't a Christian yet. Outperforming many Christians, one might note. Shino and his wife, Shania, now share the gospel via the internet with people from countries where being a Christian actually means risking death or imprisonment. These are just two examples of the ways that God has changed lives through being with us. And we want that, as he does, for many, many more. If it's God's intention that we grow larger as a people, and in so doing make more room for more people worshipping and making a bigger impact for his kingdom, then our job is to do everything we can to cooperate with that. The size of the church is not our focus. People are. And this next development is about those yet to come. So that's the why. That's why we're introducing a third service. So let's now take a look at the what. And here are some questions which might have occurred to you. Firstly, will the feel of Sunday services change? We've given considerable thought to ensuring that we retain things which are precious to us, including worship extended relational time around the services, unhurried ministry times. And these things will stay. How will we ensure that we have enough time to retain our relaxed feel? By gently trimming what doesn't affect that. 
In recent months, we've already reduced the length of services, which have been the same for 20 years plus, um, from an hour and 35 minutes now to an hour and a half. And with a more disciplined eye on the clock, we've often begun the ministry time long before the end of the service, uh, which has caused some problems with people signing their children out too soon before their program is finished. Our plan is to trim a further 10 minutes from the total length of the service, such that it is one hour and 20 minutes long, by keeping sermons and notices a bit more concise. And we won't be hurrying the earlier service people out to make room for the next service people. Just as now some people will leave fairly promptly, others will leave and they'll stay and chat for 20 or 30 minutes, we anticipate that continuing. And as some arrive 20 or 30 minutes early for the next service, there can be some overlap, which should enable people who've chosen to go to different services to occasionally connect by planning to have a coffee together between services, as well as allowing a fairly relaxed traffic flow, leaving before the next cars arrive. To assist in that traffic flow, we were, we're planning to introduce a one-way system on our own land, as it were, our own site, so we don't anticipate any issue with some leaving as others arrive. Well, how will we ensure we don't have one large service and one small one, like a main morning service and a poorer brother? Well, it's fair to say we can't guarantee that, which way that will go, because we want to give people the freedom to choose which service best suits them, but we're pretty confident that this won't happen. We know that some are looking forward to coming to the earlier service because they'll be free to spend the rest of the day doing something else. And others are looking forward to having a lie-in and a more relaxed start to the day as they opt for the later service. Landing on the times of the services has been key in facilitating each service being roughly the same size. So we need about 40 minutes between the end of the earlier service and the beginning of the next one to enable relaxed social time, traffic flow. So the times we reckon need to be two hours apart. The research, sorry, the times we've landed on, as you can see, are 9.15 and 11.15. Because from our research of churches who do two morning services around the country, we reckon that that will mean, as the morning service people choose the one which best suits them, roughly half will elect for each. Time will tell. And if we've got the times wrong, we can always adjust them slightly down the track. We'll be providing a full program for adults, youth, and children at both services. And we're hoping that we will get a pretty even spread across the two. So do we have everything we need to do three services? Well, we believe so, but it does depend on the willingness of people to step up to the challenge and get involved in order to help make this happen. And that primarily means more people serving, which I'll talk about in a moment. There are some financial costs involved in adding another service. We need a small amount of additional staff time, and we'll be investing in our infrastructure to facilitate quicker setup. So we've been looking at those things that take the most time to set up in the mornings. And one small example is the drum kit, which can take, you know, with each drummer having to set their own kit up, can take quite a while to set up from scratch. To save our drummers having to arrive very early on a Sunday morning, and drummers are generally not known for their desire to get up early, <laughs> we're planning to extend the stage platform further 
behind the curtain there, to buy a quality drum kit and have it ready set up on a wheelable riser. So that will just be brought out. So um, these extra expenses will put pressure on our budget. There really is no room for this. But we'll ensure that the extra service is sustainable and doesn't result in overworking people. So we do need more of you to get involved in giving regularly if you're not yet doing so. And details of how to do that you can find on the website or indeed at the Connect area. But this is mainly about serving. Currently, each Sunday, there are around 160 people who serve in the morning. Each Sunday, almost 70 in the evening. Now, most people are on those rotors serving once a month. So the total number on the Sunday workforce is probably at least three times those numbers. As we add an extra service, we'll need more people to join the teams. We're not expecting those who are already serving on a Sunday to serve harder. We're not expecting those who are faithfully serving in other areas of church life to serve harder. Some may choose to add another serving slot a month, but we're not wanting the extra workload to fall on those who are already involved. It needs to be predominantly carried by people who are not yet serving in the life of the church, signing up to make it happen. Next week, we'll be looking at how we can meet the need for the third service and inviting as many of you as are able to to be part of this next phase in the life of the church. And in the meantime, you're probably sitting on a booklet uh, with different areas you might get involved. It kind of explains those things. And then there's also a postcard. And um, if you're ready to fill it in, by all means, you can give it in at the Connect area today. But otherwise, take it home with you and just think and pray, is there, is there a, something I could do to help enable this to happen. We'll be giving these out next Sunday and indeed the one after that. And we'll also be sending an email to the church in just over a week's time just to make sure people who haven't been here for these three Sundays also get the opportunity. And remember, you're only signing up to serve once a month. And just a note, if you're already serving on a Sunday morning, we need you to sign one as well. Our strong hope is that you will continue serving in the area that you're serving, but we need to know which service you're going to be choosing to serve at, okay? So we need everybody involved on Sundays to fill that in. So this is a, a significant step for us as a church, but one we believe is an exciting one. We are here because God continues to bring more people to us, and we're simply responding to what we believe he's calling us to do. Will it be a challenge? Yes. I have no intention of hiding that challenge from you. Someone might say, I like 10.30. You know, I've been coming to the 10.30 service for 22 years. <laughs> I don't really want to come early because I'd have to get up earlier. And I don't want to come later because I like to have my lunch at a certain time. Someone else might some say, some of my friends may go to the other morning service. I may not get to see them as often. Or I've enjoyed being here in the mornings without any expectation that I would get involved in serving. This is challenging. It is. For me personally, and this will apply to a few of our pastoral staff, by no means all, it will mean being at all three services each week. And so for me, that's going to make Sundays more demanding, especially when I'm preaching. But I like you 
many of you didn't agree to serve God as long as it was easy. We didn't get into this to be comfortable. And challenge is nothing new to us. Those of you who've heard the Vision of Values talks that I gave 23 years ago as the church began in a little function room may remember me using the analogy of a bus to describe the church and the journey that we were embarking on. Every church, I said, is like a bus. We're all ultimately heading to the same destination, but by different routes and with different driving styles. At the time, I said that Trent Vineyard was not going to be a comfortable bus with velour headdresses and a slow driver taking the scenic route. What I actually said, and this is a quote, was this. This is going to be a challenging ride because we don't want to stay where we are. We want to be people who are changing, and we want to be embracing where the Lord brings us. And those of you who have been around here for a while will probably agree that this has been the reality. This time, making room for more is not giving millions of pounds to build buildings. This time, it's time and effort and a small amount of inconvenience. Some of you will have heard me talk about what is known as the growth cycle. If something is healthy... It normally grows. Look right across biology, across the planet. Something is healthy, it normally grows. Any of you who are parents know the process of buying larger clothes and shoes for healthy children. That's an ongoing reality. And it's the same for a healthy church, unless other factors prevent it. As with a child, if you never gave them bigger shoes, you would actually stunt what God intended for their feet. God causes churches to grow, and invites his people to follow his leading. So with health comes growth. Growth brings change. And this move to three services from two is a change. Change brings challenge, as it does for us in this next season. And the question we all face is, how will I respond to the challenge? At this point, we have a choice. We can say, I don't like this challenge. I'm not going to play my part. And we can opt out of the growth cycle. Or we can say, as much as this is difficult, I can see the Lord's initiating this, and I'm going to say yes and step into the challenge. Doing so leads to further health for us individually and for us as a church, and that leads to further growth. And we've been through this cycle many times on our journey, and here we are again. As we all know, this church is far from perfect. We, like every family, have our dysfunctions and our faults. But I believe it's okay to recognize that as a church, we are pretty healthy. And we are continuing to grow. As has been the case at every juncture we face over the years, when we've not had enough space to fit new people in, it has meant change. And that has always presented a challenge. Each time, I'm thrilled to say you've responded to the challenge by saying yes to the step that God has initiated. And it's often involved extraordinary sacrifice, financial sacrifice for many of us. And that obedience has been really healthy. And now we stand at a new moment on our journey. Again, it involves challenge. There is the temptation faced by every Christian and every church to settle. To settle into a routine to settle into a relatively comfortable experience of the Christian life in which we slow down in our pursuit of all that he has for us and to be and to do. 
The church and those who are part of it are not called to settle for being anything less than he intends us to be. We're not called to be comfortable. We're not called to be safe. Throughout the New Testament, we see people choosing not to hold on to their comfort for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of those who don't yet have a spiritual home. It would have been a lot more comfortable for the early church not to talk about Jesus and face the intense persecution that many of them did as a result. It would have been a lot more comfortable for the Apostle Paul not to be beaten and stoned for sharing his faith. And we follow their example, and we follow wherever the Lord leads us. I'd like to finish by sharing with you a prophetic word from a trusted, prophetically gifted person here in the church. His name is Chris, Chris McBrien, who God has spoken through in extraordinary ways, with extraordinary accuracy and clarity at many of the key moments on our journey as a church. We first talked and consulted with the leaders, the two or three hundred leaders that we have here in the church, about the potential for this move at the leaders' meeting three months ago. Chris had no idea at all that we were even considering adding another service. And as he handed this word to us the day before that meeting, he just had a strong sense that we were standing at a juncture as a church and God wanted to speak to us about the next season. And this is what he wrote. Many who have been Christians a long time at Trent face a choice from Jesus. The choice is cozy, comfortable, predictable, or trust, adventure, risk. This next step for us as a people invites us to let go of some of our coziness, our comfort, and relying on what is predictable, and step into trusting where we believe God is leading us, take a risk, and go with him on the next chapter of this adventure. We've responded to God's leading and the challenges involved at every stage in our journey as a church. And I'm confident we will do so again in the next chapter. And I'm excited that as a result, there will be hundreds and over the years, thousands of people who will be with us in heaven who might not have been had we not made room for them here. We have the privilege of partnering with God in what he is doing among us. And I want to extend the invitation to all of us to ask the Lord what part he might be wanting you to play in this next stage in the adventure of following him. So we stand. <laughs>